I'm going to do something a little different than the direction I was going to go. I was just, just felt so, I don't know, burdened by the idea that there's so many people who struggle to hear from God. It's something that you hear over and over and over again, and it's something that can't really be taught, per se. Um, we've all seen the situations where people said that they heard from God, and then they say something crazy, outlandish. But that doesn't discount the reality that God speaks to His people. Uh, just because there are some fake, some crazies in there, doesn't mean that God doesn't speak. He does speak. And the question often gets asked, how does he speak? Well, I think he speaks in a lot of different ways. I heard, uh, I heard one, one preacher say that, uh, you know, when people say that I want to I hear God speak, he said, read your Bible. And then the, the person says, well, I want to hear him speak out loud. And he said, then read it out loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's more to it than that even. You're here today because God spoke. Because most of us will have an excuse that comes up. The kids are acting up, you know, the smoke is so thick I don't want to get out in that. Uh, you know, I don't feel like getting out of bed. There's a million different things that can, can be on there. But in, in the midst of all that, there's a, a little voice that says you need to be in the house of God. And you're here because you heard a voice in a sense. You heard God speak. When you have that person at a family gathering that says that thing that, you know, nobody knows how to push your buttons like family. And when that family member pushes your button and that retort is right on the tip of your tongue and there's something that says, don't say it. You know who that is? <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit telling you to shut up. Just hold your tongue. Sometimes we listen to him. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> sometimes it's in the wee hours of the morning when you're laying there in bed and you're saying, why can't I sleep? I just want to be able to sleep. I'm so tired and I can't sleep. But God speaks to you during that time. And you don't even realize that it's God speaking to you a lot of times. But when you see people who... Uh, you know, David Wilkerson left everything and went to New York City. I don't think God shook a mountain. I don't think God did a sign from heaven. God spoke to him, and he went. When the Taylors go, or Amanda, or whoever goes on these missions, uh, this, this turns their whole life upside down, leaves everything that they have, and they go onto a mission field somewhere because God spoke. And it's important to hear God when he speaks to us. And that's why I, wanna, I want to encourage you to realize that God is speaking to you. It's not so much that he isn't speaking, it's that sometimes we have a hard time hearing. Uh, my captain is notorious around Ponderay County for being horrible to understand on the radio. He is the worst. And you know, that can be dangerous sometimes. I'm driving to work one day and I hear... 2203 to 2018. I said, go ahead. I went, what? I didn't do anything. I just called dispatch on the radio or on the phone. I called 
and talked to Simi, and I said, Simi, what did Andrew say? And she said, I'm not sure, but it sounds like he's in the middle of a dispute down there at the Kama Center. I was like, oh, I got to go. He's down there with three people all wanting to fight. You know, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. It gets dangerous if we don't hear and understand what God is trying to tell us. He's given us warning. He's telling us and given us direction. And that's, and sometimes we just don't get focused. I want you to turn to Hebrews in chapter 12 with me. And, and I think about my daughter, how she will do with her children. And I wish we would have done this when, when ours were little. But she would get them and she'll sit down and she'll make them stand in front of her and say, look me in the eyes. Look at me. And of course they're going... And she said, nope, look at me. And then she'll start to tell him something. And pretty soon the eyes are going like, nope, look at me. Focus as she's trying to talk to them. Because we are so easily distracted. And we have such a hard time hearing sometimes. And you, you know that I have, I have hearing problems. And it's not that I can't hear. It's often that I can't understand. Especially the female speech tones. And then, and then you have... Sweet little Edie who comes in and says, Pastor, I have a stop. And I'm going, What? What? And I'm catch, catching every fifth or sixth or seventh word, and then I'm trying to build a conversation. <laughs> and my wife put on a movie the other day, and the closed captioning didn't work. And I can't even hardly watch a movie without closed captioning. I'm like, I can't build this conversation. I have no idea. So through the whole movie, I'm like, what did they say? What are they doing now? <laughs> but that's how it is sometimes when we're, we're trying to listen to God. And, and when we have, to, we have to realize that distraction, and that's what messes me up the most. If there's no other sound, I can usually pick up what somebody's saying, but there's, if there's any background noise, I'm lost. I can't, I can't get it. And we do that in our life with the Lord sometimes because there's so many distractions, there's so many things going on. And, and when, like when Deb says something to me, I have to stop and immediately focus directly on her or I can't pick up what she's saying. And, you know, we, we, we need to learn to do that with God. We need to learn to stop immediately when he begins to speak, when he begins to give that impression in our heart, stop and focus. But we are so torn in so many different directions and so much going on that we struggle. But hearing from God is vitally important and we have to recognize. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. That isn't always automatic. You don't just automatically know how to hear from God. You have to, to work and, 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 and build and train yourself, I guess. And that, that sounds scary when you're talking about training yourself to do, to do spiritual disciplines. But like any discipline in your life, it takes training to learn how to do that. To learn that God is speaking right now. Have you ever had those times where God speaks to you and God speaks to your spouse separately and then you come together and guess what? You, you both heard the same thing from God and neither one of you really realized it was God. You just thought, oh, I think we ought to do this. And then they come and say, yeah, I think we ought to do this. And you go, whoa, how, how'd, that, how'd that happen? Because God is working on both of you at the same time and He's speaking and sometimes we, we don't even realize that it is God speaking to us. Hebrews chapter 12. I already gave you your mini-sermon. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Are you there? It says, See to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. 
For if those sons of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to him, who warned them on earth, revealing God's will, how much less will we escape if we turn our backs on him who warns us from heaven? His voice shook the earth at Mount Sinai then, but now he has given promise saying, yet once more I shall shake not only the earth, but also the starry heavens. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal and final transformation of all those things which shall be shaken, that is, of that which has been created, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude, offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is indeed a consuming fire. Father, I just ask that you will anoint what I do today. Speak to each one of us. Talk to us, Lord, and help us to learn to listen. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is telling us here about a shaking that is going to take place. Now, there's been lots of times that shakings have taken place. But I think that in the day that we live, we would agree that we are facing, as a world, a shaking. Uh, There's a lot of it happening around us. And God is saying, focus on me now. Listen to what I am saying. I'm trying to give you something here that's going to help you, that's going to save you. But trying to get people to listen to God is very, very difficult. Because we don't always like what God is telling us. It's like when you're talking to your children and you say, you know, go clean your room. And then if you clean your room real well, I'll get you an ice cream. They heard one thing. Ice cream. Yeah, they didn't even hear the rest of it. That, was, that went right out the window. Didn't even care. Just give me the ice cream. And God is warning His people. And, and I say this because... I think all of us agree we seem to be in the world on this precipice of a shaking. We don't know what's going to happen, but I I do believe that at some point there's going to be an economic shaking in our land again. I believe that there's going to come a time when when things economically will will falter. And, And so many are resting on their laurels nowadays and they're saying, things are going great, man, the economy's doing good, the stock market's great, the 401k's doing great, everything's wonderful, and they relax and they let down. You know how many times Israel did that? When God began to bless, they began to get lax in their relationship with God. And in fact, they started to tinker with other gods. They started going directions with other gods. Intermission. <coughs> ah. Thank God for smoke. <laughs> and so, <laughs> this time of shaking God is warning about. And he's say, telling them, I warned you about this. Get ready for this. This is coming. This is a time. There's going to be a shaking in your family at some point. Something's going to happen. There's going to be a shaking. You never know when a tragedy is going to hit. You never know when a problem of some kind is, is going to hit. And God tells them, if the Old Testament people... If the saints of old didn't get away with ignoring me, don't believe for a minute that you're going to get away with ignoring me. But see, we have very selective hearing when it comes to God. 
Most churches preach a very small amount of scripture. How do I get blessed? How do I get happy? How do I get what I want? How do I have joy? How do I get all this stuff? And that becomes the whole of scripture. But they never pray, or they never preach the warning and the, and the, and the punishments of God and the judgment of God and all of that. They only like the one side. We, we, we do just like our children. We, we tune out what we don't want to hear. We tune out what we don't like. It's like if you're laying in bed and you hear God in that still small voice say, I want you to pack up and be a missionary to Africa. That couldn't have been God. He would have never said that to me. <laughs> we were talking about that a few weeks ago. and Some old song about, uh, God, please don't send me to Africa. We, we sometimes don't want to hear what God is trying to tell us at the time, this warning. There is the, the shaking that, that the earth is, it seems to be going through already. Natural disasters, natural situations going on. The earth seems to be burning up right now all, over, all across the world. Not just America is dealing with these fires. It's happening worldwide. Serious, serious fires across the world. But why does God do this? Why is there judgments or why is there pestilences? Why are there troubles and trials? Why does God shake our lives or shake the earth? Why does He do that? It's always about a pruning. Have you noticed out, down through Scripture how many times God made people decide what direction they were going to go? That's what it does. It knocks people off the fence. It gets them off of there. And it's always a, you know, kind of highlighted with, with Joshua when he stood up there and he gathered his family around and he said, if you're for God, come on. And if you're not, stay away. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God was saying, you're either going to be in this thing or you're going to be out of this thing. You know why? Because God hates lukewarm people. He hates lukewarm I shouldn't say he hates lukewarm people. He hates lukewarm in people. He hates lukewarm. He hates lukewarm more than he hates cold. He does not want people who are halfway Christian. If you're only a partway Christian, you're not a Christian at all. You're either... You're either born again and your life reveals that and you either have a, a walk with God or you don't. But you cannot ride a fence. Riding a fence does not get you into heaven. Riding a fence does not, does not give, give you all the, the blessings that God has. Riding a fence is not where... And there's so many people down through the years who have just tried to slide in on mama's coattails or grandma's coattails. You know, they just slide in. My, I've been, you know, I, my, my grandmother was in church, my mother was in church, and I'm in church, and I'm okay. That's not good enough. It takes a personal walk and relationship with the Lord. It can't be partway. What does Scripture say He will do with the lukewarm? Spew them out of His mouth. Spew that He spits. He barfs out the lukewarm. He does not want people that are halfway in and halfway out. That's why God shakes things. Shaking is a purging and a cleansing. That's what all through Scripture, and you get into the last day's prophecies, the two are in the field and snags one and the other are thrown into the fire. There's always that purging. That's always that pruning. And when things get difficult, that's when, we, that's when that pruning takes place, when God divides the sheep from the goats, as Scripture tells us. That, that pruning time where people are, are forced off the fence. Either you serve God or you don't. You can't, you can't put your hand to the plow and look back. 
You remember the story of Lot when he was delivered from the city and he, his family and they're going along? What did the wife do? She just wanted to look back. She wanted to look back at what she had, had lost, what she was missing, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Wow. But God had a lesson for mankind for, from that down through the ages when He said over and over and over, you can't be halfway in and halfway out. You can't be partway. You can't be a little bit of a Christian. You can't be two-thirds of a Christian. You can't be three-quarters of a Christian. you got to be a child of Almighty God 100% or you're zero. That seems harsh, doesn't it? Well, am I okay then? All of us ask that, don't we? Are we okay? Are we all right? Because, you know, I, I, I've talked to people that are always wondering whether they're saved again. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not a matter of being saved and then you're unsaved and then you're saved again. Oh, I messed up, so I'm unsaved. Oh, I repented, so I'm saved again. That's not it. That's not how it works. Salvation is a gift of God that is given by grace by, we didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to make ourselves saved. We didn't do anything to buy our way in. We are born again because Jesus Christ shed His blood on a cross and died on that cross to save us. And when we come to that realization and we, 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 just, we just open ourselves, I guess you could say, yield ourselves, and Almighty God comes in and He takes out that old man and He kills that old man. He's dead. And He creates in us a new person, born again, redeemed, not the same person anymore. Listen, when God saves you, He doesn't save you part way. He saves you 100%. But there's a whole lot of people. The Scripture tells us there's a lot of people that are going to say, Lord, but I did all this stuff for you. I, I, I healed the sick, and I, I raised the dead, and I did this. God what? And God says, I never. That word never right there is powerful in that statement. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. God redeems us 100%. Now listen, when you serve God with all your heart, it's going to cost you. And I've gotten into this several times lately, and I just feel it again. When you serve God 100%, it is going to cost you. We have a whole Christian world today wanting to come up with a, a, a costless Christianity. Now listen, salvation is free. You don't have to pay a thing for it. But when you are born again, it will cost you. It will cost you relationships. It'll cost you, it can even cost you a job at times. It can cost you things to serve the Lord. I think of family members and how angry they get because of our Christian stance that we have had, especially with raising our children, because there are certain things we didn't allow our children to do or didn't allow our children to watch. It amazes me how the unsaved seem to look for the most vile, horrible things to put before their children. Here, watch this. And I'm like, whoa, we don't allow our kids to watch that. And the parents get angry. They get angry. What's wrong with you? You're just sheltering them. They'll never learn to, to handle the real world the way you're raising them. Anyone ever deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. They'll never learn how to handle the world the way you're doing it. We have one particular family member that will try to sneak things in front of the children that mom and dad do not allow. So he's not really allowed to be around the grandkids uh, without supervision because of that. Because he figures that we are so crazy. 
And my daughter is so crazy because she, she doesn't allow the children to do these things. And so he's like, well, my kids did it and they're fine. Of course, one's been in prison and, you know, they're on drugs. But other than that, they're great. <laughs> and I did so much better than you because I let my kids do all that. And so he tries to get a chance to just give our children or our grandkids things that they were not allowed to have. See, Christianity bugs the unsaved. It bothers them when you have a standard that they don't have. When you don't allow them to hang around certain people or hang around certain things, doing certain things, it bugs them. Why? Because it convicts them of their own life. It convicts them of the things in their own life. The Bible tells us that religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to care for the orphans, and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. We are called by God to be a clean people and a holy people. And that's what God speaks to us about. He's constantly telling us, do this, don't do that. Do this thing, don't do that. It's a voice that speaks in our, in our heart or in our head all the time that is always trying to, to, to direct us in the right way and to lead us into holiness and righteousness. Where's the problem? When we don't listen. That's where the problem comes in. Where we don't tune in to what God is trying to say. I believe there's a shaking coming to the earth. And during this shaking, we're going to see multitudes of Christians fall away. The Bible tells us that, doesn't it? In the last days there will be a falling away. We are already seeing that falling away and I've mentioned that many times and I believe very strongly that that's happening today where this falling away is taking place. And I'm amazed because we haven't even faced persecution yet and we already have preachers throwing in the towel. We have already have preachers who are letting down on what they always preach because now it's all of a sudden going to cost them money out of their wallet. They might lose a few members. They might lose their church even. They might, they might, it might cost them something so they let down and they stop preaching the truth of God's Word. But let me tell you something. That shaking is just beginning. It's just beginning. We haven't seen nothing yet, as the old saying goes. This shaking is coming. And when's it, when is it going to be? I don't know. I feel an urgency of the day that we live in that this, that this shaking is going to come. But one thing I know, the way we get through the shaking is by knowing our God in a personal and powerful way. It can't be a halfway Christianity. It has to be 100%. Now when God speaks to us, He doesn't always shake the mountains. The Bible tells us that. He wasn't in the big wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the storm. Where was he at? He was in that still, small voice that speaks to our heart. <coughs> Good old smoke. He's in that still, small voice that gets in and speaks to that inner man. See, that's where that relationship with God is. That's where that relationship with God is. The Bible tells us to earnestly contend for the faith. Fight for the faith that is in us. Everything in the world today is trying to get you away from it. The Bible tells us that the devil is as a roaring lion. And he's prowling around, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for the ones that he can take down. He's looking for the ones that he can eat. He's, he's looking for the ones he can destroy. And he is going about doing that. And God is bringing the earth to this point of a shaking where he's going to take those and say, stand for me. If you stand for me, I'll bring you through. When the... Could you imagine being Noah? 
you're out doing your normal thing, doing your normal whatever, getting your hair cut, watching the Seahawks play, whatever, and God speaks and He says, build a ship, build a boat. What? A boat? And I want it to be 450 cubits by 60 cubits by 70 cubits or whatever it was. And he's like, what? Now I want you to think about what it took to be Noah. (laughs) And then he goes in and he says, "Uh, sweetheart, sit down. I need to talk to you for a minute. And she says, like every good wife, who's going to pay for that? Where are you going to get the money for that? (laughs) What are you talking about? But this is faith. God will tell us to do things where we step out directly on faith. Where we don't understand what we're doing and your family doesn't understand what you're doing. I remember when we were called to our first church and I really believed that God called us and I was at work and I, was, uh, I just felt like the Lord impressed on me that we were supposed to go be a, be pa- I was supposed to pastor a church and I was like, I'd never really thought about that. And uh, that we were to go you know, to a different place. And I went home thinking, how am I going to break this to my wife? And so I'm trying to be all tactful and careful to try to bring this up so she doesn't give me that look, that mother's look. And she says, yeah, the Lord's been telling me the same thing. What? <laughs> what? Are you serious? See, God will tell you to step out in faith. And we left our home, we left what we had, and we went out in the middle of nowhere into Colorado to pastor a church. And God will stretch you. He will, he will pull you. He will, he will send you places you never thought of. He will have you do things you never thought possible. We said we need helpers for Awanas, and about 90% of the people in here are like, I'll never, ever, ever do that. But you know what? God might just call you to do that. He might just call you to do that. That's what hearing from God is all about. God, what are you directing me to do? Now I want you to look at that that text again. See to it that you do not refuse to listen. And I'm reading out the Amplified. I usually tell you that because I know it was a lot more wordy than what most um, translations are. And so people think, what is he reading here? So I always say, I always tell you it's the Amplified, but I forgot to do that. See to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. For if those sons of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen, who, to him who warned them on earth, revealing God's will. God is revealing his will to you. That's what he does when he speaks to you. Are you with me or are you asleep? No. All right. Preach it. Preach it. God speaks His will to you. Now, there's a big battle today in theological circles. You know, you have the Calvinistic side, and you have the Pentecostal side, and they fight all the time. And the, the Calvinistic side believes that everything you get from God is right here. He never speaks to you beyond the Word of God. You have the Pentecostals who believe that God speaks to you. I believe that God speaks. I believe that God will... He doesn't give you theological knowledge on on something that's not in Scripture. He reinforces Scripture. So anytime God, if you hear a voice and you're thinking, or I shouldn't say it that way because I deal with people that hear voices all the time. Uh, (laughs) 
not that voice. <laughs> when God is impressing on you or if He is speaking into your heart, it's going to line up with Scripture. If it does not line up with Scripture, reject it. The Bible tells us to try the spirits. Don't accept everything that you are heard, that you hear. God is not going to be offended if you put Him to the test. And people are sometimes afraid of that. They, they, they sense something, they think, well, maybe God's speaking to them, but they're afraid to question it because they don't want to question God. God commands you to question Him. Don't buy it. Wouldn't it be nice if people questioned God? We would sure have a, a whole lot less uh, denominations around. We'd have a whole lot less division in the church world if people would question God and say, does this line up with the Word of God? Does the Word of God establish what is being told to me right now? Always hold it by that standard. Intermission. this one way or the other. <laughs> if, we put, if we hold it to that standard, we will not be deceived. It always amazes me how things that are so obviously unbiblical, people will just immediately fall for. We've all seen it. You know, come to Toronto and, and God will be there. Or go to Brownsville. Everybody pack up and people went by the thousands and tens of thousands. And I felt like I was the only one saying, no, 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 don't do that. The Bible says if somebody says that God is here or God is there, don't go. That's literally what scripture says. Don't go. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. But people fall for these things because they are afraid to hold it to the Christian or, or biblical standard of what God's Word says. I've told you before, we, I was in a service and the pastor was, was preaching and he said, uh, he said, God just revealed to me that somebody in this place has committed blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And if you, and if, uh, if you, you have one minute to get to the altar, and if you don't get to the altar, you will die and be condemned to hell. And, and people were, it was a big church, 400, 450 people, and people were like, oh God, oh God, who is it, oh God. And I'm like, no, 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 that was foolishness, no. Somebody committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, you don't have one minute. <laughs> one minute isn't going to help you. But people fall for it, they get sucked into it. Folks, hold the preacher to the fire. I don't care if it's me, hold me to the fire. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I might disagree with you. <laughs> but I think that most people who have come to me will admit that I'm usually pretty open to that. I, I, I try to seek it out. I try to get with it. But I'm just telling you, don't be afraid to question what is coming across the airwaves when you have the radio on or when you're listening to a preacher or, and you're sitting in church. Whatever it is, question what it is. Is this Scripture? Is this scriptural? Is this biblical? Is what I'm hearing true? Hold the, 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 the anything. If you, you hear a, if, you, if you're laying in bed at night and you feel an impression or you hear something that you think is from God, hold it to scripture. Always hold it to scripture. Always go back to what the word of God says. Is it counter to what the word of God says? Another thing that I think is just a personal insight if somebody comes to you and tells you something that God told them about you, I usually go, yeah, right, whatever. Because if he's going to tell me something, he's probably going to tell me, not you, to come tell me. And 
People get put in fear. I'm just giving you some practical knowledge here. People get put in fear because of, of prophecies that are given to them. Are prophecies true? Absolutely, there are true prophecies. Are there fake prophecies? Absolutely. Deb and I were first married. I think she was pregnant with Jimmy. And we went to a revival and the preacher called us up specifically, called us out. We went up there and, and he said, God has told me that the devil has, is going to wage war against you and your little bride. And what did my wife do? Panicked. She freaked out. Because that's what women do. I don't know why. <laughs> they were just freaked out. She was like, ah, ah. And her first thought was she was going to lose the baby. She was terrified. She was horrified. And I thought about it, you know, and me being this analytical guy, I'm just like, mm, this doesn't feel right. And so I was just thinking about it, and later on I went to her and I said, baby, the devil wages war against us every day. <laughs> We fight the devil every single day. So to tell me, to get me up there and say, the devil's going to wage war against you and your little bride, well, congratulations, he did that last week. <laughs> He's going to do it this coming week too. But see, God doesn't put fear like that in, into you when He's speaking to you. He will convict you. He may chastise you. He may kick you in the seat when you need it, but He is not going to just try to terrify you. He can warn you. But he is not trying to put terror in your life. The devil brings terror. God brings peace. And peace sometimes comes through discipline. Sometimes you need a good backside smack before you get peace. And God will give that to you. But it isn't about fear. It is about bringing you to a place where he needs you to be or get you ready for something that he's, he's going to take you through. Not about fear, but about building you. About building you up, strengthening you, and, and even encouraging you. But sometimes he has to tell you to stop it. Sometimes he has to tell you to knock it off. Sometimes he has to convict you of that sin in your life or that hidden thing that you don't think anybody knows about. The, the Lord will convict you of that, but he doesn't do it to terrify you. And when God speaks, it is 100% real. When, if you hear somebody preach... Or they give a prophecy, and that prophecy does not come to pass. What does Scripture say to do? Never, ever, ever listen to them again. That's what Scripture says. You get one chance to get it wrong in prophecy. One chance. If you're wrong, the Bible tells us to never listen to that again. See, I mean, this is all about hearing from God. And I'm just trying to give us some practical insight to that. Because sometimes we get pulled so many different directions because people tell us so many different things and every one of them is from God. I remember when we were uh, talking to the state overseer of the Church of God one time and he, he was just telling us, he said, you know, when a, a, a desirable church comes open, he said, you wouldn't believe how many people run to this office and say, God told me that I'm supposed to go to that church. Well, I can't have 27 guys that are all told by God to go to that church. <laughs> somebody didn't have the truth there see we have to hold it to the fire hold it to the standard don't be afraid to question does that mean what does that mean I'm not <laughs> sure what that means <laughs> how many people would not have been sucked in by Jim Baker if they'd have just held him to the fire how many people would not have been sucked in and lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars 
if they had just held that standard and said, is this scriptural? Is this what the Word of God says? Were they right when they prophesied? Because so many times they're not. So I'm telling you, when, you got, when God speaks to you, don't be afraid to question it. God, I want to hear from you. I want to obey you and I want to be led by you. And I don't want to be deceived. See, the deceiving things feel better most of the time. Not always, but most of the time the deceiving things feel better. Oh, God's going to do great things. You're going to fill coliseums and be filthy rich. It kind of reminds me of old Leonard Albert, I think was his name. And he, he said, well, you know, when God called me to minister, he said, I, I sense very clearly that he said, if you'll do what I'm calling you to do, you'll never have to worry about money again. And he said, now 20 years later, I realize what he meant. He meant that I'd never have to worry about having any. That, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the message that he's given you may not be what you think it is. But hold, hold it to the fire. Listen to him. His voice shook the earth at Mount, Mount Sinai. Think about that. God spoke and it shook the earth. Is God going to speak and shake the earth again? It's coming. <clears throat> he shook the earth at Mount Sinai, but now he had given a promise saying, yet once more I will shake. Not only the earth, but also the starry heaven. Now, Scripture tells us in the last days that there will be those signs from heaven. The shaking of the earth and those signs from heaven. I believe those are imminent, folks. I believe that. Whether you believe pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, pre-wrath, or any of the other ideas, I don't care. The reality is, folks, the Lord is coming back for His people. The Lord is coming back for His people. And there is going to be a shaking. And the way that we are ready for that shaking is to hear the voice of God and follow and obey that voice. Amen? Could you stand with me please and pray? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I look to You today to direct us. We struggle, Father, to hear so many times. We struggle. We want to know. We want to hear. But Lord, there's so many voices that would sway us, so many false prophets and false teachers that try to lead us astray. God, I pray that we will be versed in Scripture, understand Your Word, and led by the Holy Spirit to avoid those things so that we hear Your voice and are respondent to that, Lord. I pray that You'll speak to us. I pray, God, that people here who often wonder, how do I ever hear from God? Lord, I pray that you'll speak to them today. Speak to them today or tonight when they're in bed. I pray that you'll speak to them. Just just give them a a word of, of encouragement or peace or chastisement or direction. Whatever it is they need, Lord, speak that into their spirit. Father, I just ask, God, that this church will hear your voice. As a body, I ask, Lord, I pray for the board members here that you'll give us wisdom and direction and understanding on what to do and what directions to go. Help us to hear from you as decisions are made, before decisions are made. Help us to hear from you. And I pray that you'll direct everything that we do each and every day. And I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.